This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. With the first jewel claim. Oh, it's a photo of the Derby! Mystic The race for the Triple Crown erupts into an epic party. The Preakness Stakes, May 18th on NBC and Peacock. There's no place like the movie theater. The smell of fresh popcorn welcomes you to a full body experience while candies and sodas compete for your attention. Hoping to join you in the best seats you've reserved on Fandango. It's where movie lovers buy tickets, pick seats, and double up on rewards points all online. All that's left is to walk in, snack up, and sit back. Visit Fandango.com or download the app today for your ticket to the movies. The draft is anti-American, and there's no other industry in which incoming employees are distributed that way. Because... At the core of what you just said about the franchise tag is the same concern. There's no other business where the employees get treated this way. You're punished for your success. You're restricted because you're good. You're due to earn, so you can't. That's the franchise tag. (laughs) (laughs) That's... uh... That's uh, that's an actual photo, by the way, just like the one of me smoking a cigarette. Yeah, that's with right. The, uh, conspiracy yeah. mic. Um, hey, look, I, I I'm sorry, I'm sorry that I care about the human beings that are out there to entertain us. Are you not entertained? Well, you at least should show some appreciation to the individuals who are risking life and limb to entertain us. They should make as much as they can. They should get to choose where they play and where they work. And yes, I'm triggered now because you played that clip. I feel strongly about it. Not enough people do. Franchise tag, bad for players. Draft, bad for players. I know we all love it. Ultimate reality show. Can't wait to tune in. But at the core, at the core, only industry that says, we got 32 different companies. They're going to decide who works for them. You don't get to decide who you work for. You'll hear that from me a time or two between now and April 29th. Oh, you think? Oh, yeah. I think we'll, we I think we will hear it a few times. Uh, I, it's still awesome. Uh, I love the NFL draft, okay? And it's exactly the way it should be, okay? That, that's the way. I mean, h- how else are we going to have a fair and balanced league? I don't know. There are plenty of ways to come no. up with it. And first of all, first of all, it really isn't fair and balanced even when you give the worst teams dibs on the incoming players okay. because – the fact that the worst teams are so bad manifests itself when they screw up the draft when they get a good pick. Well, oh, that that's that's true. I mean, listen, you, it's there's a lot of idiots. And the, in the player league. is We've the pawn. That. The player is the pawn in that dysfunction. See, it doesn't incentivize dysfunctional teams to become non-dysfunctional when you can automatically say this guy. I call dibs on him, regardless of whether he wants to play for my team, the most dysfunctional organization in sports. He has no choice that you wouldn't want that for your son, would you, Chris? Well, yeah, to be the pawn in that. I would want my son to be in the NFL draft. I would. Yes, I would go. I'll sign me up right now. Yes, I will take it. It's a even if he was drafted by the Texans right now. It's an honor and a privilege. Okay. Yes, football is family, Mike. Football is family. Yeah. <laughs> I'll send you some QAnon links during the break. Too. Oh, that uh, is nothing like it. Shut yeah, up. Yeah. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> All right. Uh, 30% of the audience has just found another uh, show to watch, but that's fine. Uh, if you believe that stuff, we don't want you. <laughs> we believe we're going to talk about uh, pro football over the course of the next hour. Uh, the draft approaching and plenty of people saying plenty of things, some of which may be credible, some of which may not be. Ryan Day, Ohio State coach, talking about his quarterback, Justin Fields, who will have pro day one today. Here's Day. You know, whatever they teach in terms of a, a scheme, 
uh, he's going to pick that up very, very quickly. And he's very, very competitive. So when you combine the talent, the size, the arm strength, his competitiveness, his toughness, his intelligence, I mean, it kind of checks all the boxes. And if you were trying to design a quarterback, uh, you know, to me, you know, Justin fits that prototype, whether he's, um, you know, ready made to be the number one pick in the draft, that's up to them. You know, I mean, every team has to make their own decision, but I know this, uh, everything you invest in that kid, you're going to get back. And it's just a matter of the fit. Someone's going to take a shot at him here early in the draft and they're going to have a franchise quarterback for a long time. Hey, and Justin Fields was great against Clemson in the semifinal yeah. game. Some of the throws he made and just the toughness playing through whatever that injury was where right. he was clearly in distress. You know, there was a time where he was kind of hovering around as number two. Right. Second quarterback after Trevor Lawrence. And then Zach Wilson gets shoved into that spot. And now Fields is just kind of in this weird right. No man's land, unless it is one hell of a ruse that you're in on by the 49ers where it's not really <laughs> Mac Jones, but it's Justin Fields, unless that's the case. I don't know where Fields is going to go. I, I don't know either. You know, you're right. He's kind of the uh, forgotten man right now out of the, the five quarterbacks in the first round. Man, you know, th there's like we talked about a little in the first out, there's a lot to like. I mean, there's no doubt that Justin Fields is a first-round quarterback. Uh, and again, the thing that he can bring to your team right away and allow him to be a starter, even though I think he's raw in a lot of areas still. Hey, I mean, it's it's he's a Greek god, like you just heard, you know, Coach Day talk about there. He's built like Cam Newton, just a little shorter. I'm I'm excited. I don't even know if he's running the forty today at that Ohio State Pro Day or not, but I'd be really interested to see what he runs because that is the first thing that jumps out to you when you watch him. You go, whoa, the running is more dangerous than I gave it credit for watching on TV, especially the size of the human being. But he looks like he's the type of guy that could run a low 4-4, Mike. It's that type of running. But but I, I go back to your question. That's really – that's where I find the 49ers trade really intriguing in a lot of ways too because it, it could now start that run of quarterbacks to where it just becomes a little bit desperate in the top half of the first round. You know, yeah, I'm sitting here right now going Trevor Lawrence, Jaguars, Zach Wilson, Jets, Mac Jones, 49ers. If you listen to anybody in football, they think the Atlanta Falcons are hot on Trey Lance. I mean, everybody thinks every that when I hear that many people talking about one guy to a place and then I even hear guys, you know, who are privately telling me they're hearing that behind the scenes, too. That's when I do listen to draft stuff, right? So now you have one, two, three, four, Mike, and then you go, okay, now who do we look at? Who next? Who's next on the list? And you go, eight, Carolina Panthers? Could they be in the Justin Fields conversation? I mean, I don't think that's crazy. So we could be sitting here in a thing where we look at five quarterbacks going top 10, top 12. Not that I think they're all top 10 or top 12 material, but I think it's very possible. And if I'm the Bengals at five with all the needs that I have, yeah, and it's four quarterbacks in the first four picks and Fields is still there, that's when I'm calling the Panthers, the Broncos, any other team that may be in play for Fields saying, start the bidding, let's go. Sure. We got 10 minutes. Yeah, I agreed. I, I think, you, you know, you, you would hope that, yeah, if you're the Bengals, you could sit there, Carolina, maybe the Denver Broncos. Who knows? The New England Patriots sitting there at 15. Would they try to make a move and go this route of football? I mean, hey, Justin Fields behind Cam Newton for a year or doing I could see that. That makes sense. Uh, Fields, like we talked about, big, great athlete, played in some big time games. You know, unbelievable arm strength. Unbelievable. I mean, can throw it through a wall. But as you heard when we broke it down, too. When it goes bad, at sometimes he can miss that wall altogether, you know. So he could throw it through it, and when it's really good, you go, "Whoa, look at these throws! This looks great." But then all of a sudden, he has games and times during a game where you go, "Whoa, okay, mechanics are failing, balls all over the place, you know, bad decisions, ball all over the place." And that's to me where I would love to see Justin Fields get in that situation where he could sit for a year and kind of work on some things and go from there because there is high-end talent. I just don't think he's NFL-ready this second. 
We talked earlier about three Alabama first-round quarterbacks to date. Mac Jones will be number four. Ohio State, Don Scott, 1941. Arch Sleetster, 1982. Dwayne Haskins, 2019. Yeah. Justin Fields, if he goes in round one, as he likely will, he will be number four. So the 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 thread through the popcorn in this segment is a fill-in-the-blank question. And now that we've discussed Justin Fields, let me ask you this, Chris. Okay. Whoever drafts Fields is getting what? Uh, I, I'm going to say a, a specimen with a high ceiling. That's that's what I would say. You know, th- there, there's there's I think a little bit of a low floor with Justin Fields, but I think like the p- high end potential is real when you talk about it. You know, we talked about the arm strength and the ability to run and the size of the player and all of those type of things. I mean, they're they're real. They are. And if you could put that together, then you're going to have something special. You know, in a few years. Um, but those are those are those are big ifs in my opinion to fix some of the foot issues to fix some of the arm issues and things like that and let alone you know on film you see some of the things you saw from Dwayne Haskins and Cardell Jones that were kind of like the things that were concerning a little that way too as far as Ohio State quarterbacks and just throwing to wide open guys and being hey first read and then oh no I don't know what's going to happen after that that's to me where he's raw, and that's where it's you know you got to feel comfortable that the guy's going to be able to develop and go in the right way to to take him high in the draft. Giants made their pick for a quarterback a couple of years ago, top ten in Daniel Jones. Generally, though, Giants co-owner John Mara says he's getting impatient with the team. This is a team that's been to the playoffs one time since winning the Super Bowl a decade ago. He's not making a playoff mandate, which is good. This is Joe Judge's second season. This guy's becoming Jimmy Haslam the way he's cycling through coaches. You got to give a regime a chance to breathe. And also, Dave Gettleman, give him a chance too. I'm not a big fan of firing the GM and keeping the coach, but this early into the tenure of a coach, I'm not a big fan of having a playoff mandate. Let's just let it build. Let's let it grow. Let's try to take some time here. That this team has shown too much impatience. The organization, Chris, has right. shown too much impatience in recent years. You got it. Now, look, they've also had Ben McAdoo as the coach, and they should have never hired him in the first place. All due respect, too late for that. But at some point, you gotta you gotta give your choices a chance to develop the systems and the teams that they envision. Yeah, I mean, agreed. Agreed. And I, I think that John Mara's and the Mara family smart enough to, to realize that here. I think that's why we didn't see a rush to judgment with Gettleman this year or anything like that, where, yeah, it's been a little bit all over the place, but there's been certainly some good. And, you know, with Joe Judge, uh, again, I thought the first year with Joe Judge and the coaching staff was phenomenal. I really did. Not, you know, the way he handled himself off the field, but really just the managing of games, the approach to the game on both sides of the ball. Most weeks, I looked at the Giants and went, I, I, I agree. I mean, this is the right way to play it for their team, for how, you know, for the strengths and weaknesses they had. You know, they found themselves being very, very competitive in all games, even the losses. Uh, and I think that does go to Joe Judge and what he coached there. So I'm, I'm excited about the Giants. I really am. But, you know, when you hear that the owner's getting impatient, yeah. you just have to wonder how much of that impatience made its way from him to Gettleman and created this environment where they're paying Kenny Galladay $18 million a year when no one else was even close to $18 million a year on a long-term deal. Sure. They give Adoree Jackson significant money, even though he didn't play much last year. Yeah. So... You know, they've done a lot by way of going out and getting these deals done. Zeitler, by the way, was cut by the Giants. He's with the Ravens now. All these other guys, new members of the Giants as they try to get things done. Leonard Williams, not a new member. He's a guy who signed a long-term deal after being tagged a second time. You could argue they were a year too late to sign him for a deal that would have been good for the team. But they're spending. Anytime we see this from the Giants. Yeah. We saw it with Jerry Reese one year, right. and it and it bought him some time. I think when you see that, that that is an indication, a manifestation, a sign that the heat is being turned up internally, right. or they wouldn't be doing this, Chris. I, I agreed. I mean, I think it speaks to the impatience of, of what John Mara is probably talking about there, that he wants a contender. He wants a team that's real. I, I think it's the first time in a long time the team is, I think the Giants have a real, like, 
the Giants fans should be excited. Like, they really should. I think it's the first year to go into in a long time where I go, no, no, no. This this is a year that the playoffs are they're a possibility. Uh, I really look at it that way. And excitement and explosiveness on the offensive side of the ball is a possibility. And I also think with John Mara and that impatience and what he's talking about, he's you know he's probably got to look at it and go, wait, I you know again, I got a new coaching staff, I got a quarterback who I drafted in the top ten, I got to start like supporting them and making that giving them the right pieces so they can actually show us what they got. And maybe that's what the realization he came to. Yeah, they overpaid for Galladay and Adoree Jackson. They are also desperate needs for their football team in a lot of ways. And I think when you look at it that way, they were probably okay for paying, you know, probably two or three extra million dollars a year for Galladay, which, yeah, is expensive. But they obviously had no problem with a the guy they really wanted five. on their football team. Four or five, but either way. Maybe four or uh, five. When, yeah. when, when, have, when have moves like that born of desperation ever worked? That's what makes the Patriots – push this year in free agency so much more compelling because now you have an elite franchise doing what as Robert Kraft recently told Peter King the Patriots in the past have made fun of other teams for doing spend 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 in free agency in a desperate attempt to meet your needs you answered the question Giants fans should be blank you said excited I say wary just because that that is the justified position that a Giants fan should take based upon the way the last decade has gone. Hope for the best, expect the worst. That's what Giants fans should do because that's kind of what they've gotten for the most part since hoisting that Super Bowl trophy. But Giants fans, you got four of them. You got four of them. So, you know. That's okay so what? We don't, we don't, we don't, we don't care. We don't, we don't rest you on our laurels here. We want them all. all that's them. right. Big blue record crew, baby. We, we're, we're due. We're due. We need to get back in the playoffs for sure. And, yeah, I mean, there's no limit on Super Bowls, so we'd like more. Yes. Meanwhile, the Detroit Lions have not won a playoff game since 1991. 30-year anniversary. Congratulations, Detroit Lions, since the last year you won a playoff game. Matthew Stafford, first overall pick in 2009, now gone from Detroit, the new quarterback with the Rams. Here he is from Sirius XM NFL Radio talking about the impact of the trade on his overall approach to football. I definitely feel that way. Um, you know, it's a new experience for my entire family. Um, we were so set, um, you know, with, with our lifestyle and, and, uh, and how we, you know, kind of went about day-to-day -day life in Detroit. That has definitely changed. And, and uh, you know, if you don't have energy to move your wife and four kids and a dog and everybody out to uh, California, you're in a lot of trouble. So it's, uh, it is definitely <laughs> yeah. energized me. I'm excited about the opportunity, um, you know, not only from a, from a family standpoint, but uh, really from a football standpoint. I'm excited about, you know, being a part of, uh, you know, this Rams organization that's had so much recent success. And, and um, I, can't, uh, I can't wait to get the football season going and, and get all that going. And at the same time, um, you know, loved our time in Detroit. We'll miss we'll miss that uh, that city dearly. It was uh, special to both me and my family, especially my wife when she was going through some things. So, uh, love my time in Detroit, but we are excited about uh, you know the move to Los Angeles. That he is as it relates to this move to the Rams. When you consider what the Rams are doing, settling on Cam Akers as their workhorse tailback he was very good as a rookie had some injuries he fought through last year had that great Thursday night game against the New England Patriots they've added Deshaun Jackson to complement the receiving yeah. core the Rams offense with all those changes led by Stafford will be what Chris uh more explosive I think that's where I look at it more than anything and I think in all areas that's where like a guy like Stafford is going to make everything more explosive you know one you know like we talked about Michael Little when he first got signed or, or traded there it's going to open up the playbook for McVay and go, wait, oh, this boot and this play action, I used to run these route combinations, but wait, now I got a guy with a laser for a right arm. I can change these route combinations a little bit. Oh, this guy used to run, you know, the cr the crossing route. Oh, now I'm going to send him on a 40-yard post route. This guy used to run the comeback route. Ah, the hell with that. Now he's going to fake the comeback and run a, you know, a 50-yard go route. I think that's where you're going to see the field open up for the Rams. And not only is it going to make their passing game more explosive because of this guy, right? I think it's the other thing is it's going to make the running game, the McVay running game, that much more dangerous. You know, that's where I think he can really slice you and dice you.
McVay's always had the short, intermediate, underneath stuff in the offense. Now, finally, he's going to have somebody that can scare you vertically. McVay's always been about, I'm going to spread you horizontally, 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 and I'm going to find little ways to, once I get you spread horizontally, to find little cracks in that seam to expose that. Now he's going to make you think about, whoa, the speed sweeps, the fake the speed sweeps, the fake the speed sweeps, the zone runs, the play action passes, and you better worry about 50 yards downfield. And that's where I think it could be fun to watch with this Rams offense this year. I'm curious to see how Stafford thrives or doesn't in the offense. Curious to see, Chris, how the offensive line is able to buy him enough time because yeah. that's a key ingredient to this. He's not exactly a guy who's going to be sprinting out of trouble and moving around a lot. Yes, he can make the throw down the field. Yes, he's a tough guy who's going to stand in there, but you still need to give him some time to set up and find whoever it is that's open. But there's definitely a step up from Jared Goff to Matthew Stafford. No doubt. And in, in the toughest division in football, I think the Rams become a much tougher team to beat by boosting that offense. The Lions, meanwhile, are the ones who have Jared Goff. There's been speculation about whether or not they'd be interested in taking a quarterback at number seven. Brad Holmes, the new GM of the team, says that the recent trades that have happened with the 49ers moving to three, the Dolphins ending up at six with the Eagles dropping out. Holmes says that it doesn't change their draft plans at all. So the Lions should be targeting what or whom with that seventh overall pick. Chris? Well, I look at it two different ways. I mean, you know, you, you know enough about the Lions here. Let me just throw these out there. What do you think? I mean, first off, we saw Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay leave at wide receiver. So that would be one position I'd look at and go, wait, you want Jared Goff to work and you want to be able to sell that? You know, will, will a Devontae Smith or a Jamar Chase be there at seven? There's a good chance. Okay, Mike, so there's that avenue I look at. And then the other thing I just look at is going, you know, a defensive lineman, a difference maker up there. You know, I haven't watched linebackers yet as far as stand-up linebackers, so I don't know where those guys stand quite yet. I can't give you that, Mike. But pass rushers, there's one or two or three guys that are worthy of being right there in that pick. And, and again, when we talk about the Lions, they're just – there's no difference maker up front on the front seven. So to me, it's one of those two areas. And pass rusher or wide receiver, and I don't know, Mike, when you look at the Lions, what do you what do you think is more desperate there? Well, absolutely receiver. Yeah. When you have those those two best receivers on your team leave, but I have flashbacks to Charles Rogers and Roy Williams sure. and Mike Williams. Now, yeah. Calvin Johnson worked out well for right. Matt Millen and company, but this is the team that seemed like it was drafting a receiver in the first round every year. And we talked earlier about the Bengals being in prime position to call the Broncos or who else uh, is in that in that the Carolina Panthers. We talked about the Panthers yeah, right. or the Broncos about trading up. You could give the Lions a call about getting in front of the Dolphins if that's where the Dolphins are looking. And, and you get potent, you get your choice of receivers. If it goes quarterback, 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 and you aren't looking quarterback as the Lions, you move up with the Bengals, you got the first pick in the draft. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know what it would take to move up two spots, but that's something to consider as well to cut the line in front of the Dolphins if there's a receiver that they really love, if it is Devontae Smith, if it is Jamar Chase, and they don't want the Dolphins to get that guy, cut the line, get your guy, and then you've got someone to Jared Goff can throw to. I still don't rule out a quarterback for them, although I think it becomes less and less likely yeah. as these teams are stacking up in front of them that are going to be taking quarterbacks. Yeah, no, I mean, agreed. And I think the other thing you could talk about with the wide receiver thing, too, is just like, you know, again, does it matter? Does does Jared Goff the kind of guy that needs that like home run, throw the ball 50 yards down the field type of threat? I think that's a real question. I'm not sure he's necessarily that type of quarterback anyways. You know, so that and you know, more than likely, or hey, listen, I I I know I've studied studied the receivers. There'll be a good one there in the top of the second round too, to think that maybe you could go that direction. So yeah, I'll be interested to see what they go as far as that's concerned. You know, do they try to get a weapon for Anthony Lynn's offense there and stretch the field a little bit, or do they help Aaron Glenn in the defense a little bit and? get a top, you know, a top flight pass rusher or something like that. They got position needs everywhere. I mean, it, the Lions are a rebuild of a football team. There's nothing you look at on their team where you go, well, 
they're good in that department. I mean, really, no. They're, they need a little work just about everywhere on their roster, and they got a lot of, a lot of work in front of them. Yeah, I, and, and I think the fact that they swap Stafford for Goff, and part of that deal was they were inheriting the Rams' horrible contract and paying Goff 40-some million fully guaranteed over the next couple of years, getting those two first-round picks, getting that third-round pick. This is about building something. And, and you know, it, it's a strange dichotomy because you go from – having Bob Quinn as the GM and Matt Patricia as the head coach, and there's this sense of we're pushing, we're pushing, we're pushing to win, 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 win. And then you hit the reset button, and it's kind of like, okay, we're taking a huge step back, and this is going to be a while, folks. You're used to it. We've been crap for 60 years, haven't won a playoff game for 30. Give us a year or two to figure out exactly where in the hell we are because other than looking for guys who bite kneecaps, we're not quite sure what we're looking for or what we have by way of players. Well, yeah, you're right. I mean, they could be in, you know, just the the best player available type scenario. I mean, they, it could be an offensive lineman. You know, again, like I said, I don't know about the linebackers there. They could be a team that just goes to look to trade down and go – you know, we need a lot of stuff. There's not one guy here in the top 10. You know, it, it'll be interesting just to see what they do there as far as they, they got a lot of ways to go. There's a lot of building to go on the football team. And there's not, you know, I, I'm excited about the running back with Swift and TJ Hawkinson at tight end. You know, and again, Okwara had a pretty good year as a pass rusher the year, this year. He showed up. They're paying all that money to Trey Flowers. We haven't seen him show up. So I don't know. Maybe they don't go the pass rusher that I talked about there. Maybe they ride that out another year. Maybe it is more about defensive tackle, linebacker, safety, something like that. Um, but either way, I know the Lions team is is in a little bit of a rebuild mode. And I think all the draft picks they use this year are going to be used on guys that fit that mold. I, I joke about kneecap biting. I mean, Dan Campbell yeah, is the one yeah. who said it. But it's that old school throwback, that 49ers mentality of we don't need to practice tackling. We can roll out of bed and put you on your ass. That's the mindset they're looking for. That's the Chris Spielman mindset. Sure. Rick Spielman told me a few weeks ago after his wife saw the Dan Campbell introductory press conference, Rick Spielman's wife said, this is exactly the guy Chris is going to hire to be his head coach. Right. So th that's the other side of it here. There's, there's a lot of spoons in the stew in Detroit. You've got Campbell as the head coach, Brad Holmes as the GM. Chris Spielman, who has a lot of juice in that organization now, is basically the surrogate for owner Sheila Ford Hamp. Rod Wood, the CEO of the team, who's got a lot of juice, more than the usual CEO who, who stays out of football so he doesn't get fired when it goes sideways. They're going to have, I think, a challenge reaching a consensus because Spielman and Campbell are going to be pushing for that guy that they got excited about because they saw the film where he put some guy on his ass. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I don't disagree with that. You know, you also think, Hey, Campbell, you know, he comes from the, the Bill Parcells, Sean Payton school of thought, you know, Anthony Lynn, a rough and tough, you know, wants to run the ball, be physical type of guy. I mean, that's where you get into the offensive line conversation. There's going to be some guys there, too. So maybe that's where Dan Campbell looks at it and goes, well, I want to set it up like Sean Payton did with the Saints. We're going to have a great offensive line to start with, dominate you up there, and then they're going to work on it. I, I can see it going all, all angles here, certainly. But I think you're right. It, it's going – there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen, but I do think they're all roughnecks there, for lack of a better way to say it. And they're going to try to get that guy that kind of fits that new attitude of that Detroit Lion football team. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think once they make that pick, I have a feeling we're going to say, yep, we should have seen sense, right? that one coming. Right. All right. Uh, oh, do we, we got one more. We got the Patriots and Stephon Gilmore reportedly very open to extending Gilmore. This is a guy they were talking about trading last year. And, and this is a guy, I almost feel like they're going to do a bait and switch if someone signs J.C. Jackson to an offer sheet willing to give up a second-round pick, Patriots match it, and then call that team and say, how would you like Stephon Gilmore for that second-round pick? And I don't know whether this extension talk is, is aimed at, at selling Gilmore for a potential trade, but I was surprised, Chris, by the talk of an extension for Gilmore when there has been this prevailing sense for the past few months that he's a guy who could be on his way out. Well, uh, that, that's where, like, you know, I'm not, like, 
again, I heard those rumors too, but I don't know. Did, did we ever feel like they were credible that they were really trying to trade him or do anything like that? You know, that that's that's where I, I guess I had a hard time buying it. I mean, Gilmore is still really damn good. He is still in the conversation for one of the three, four best corners in football. And, yeah, he was a little beat up this year and everything like that. But, man, is he still talented. I just look at them and the way they play and the pressure they put on their secondary. I, I would think that they legitimately want him back for another two years, something like that, to continue what they got. It's one of the staples of their team, and it's really – you know, the one area that's a proven commodity that's really strong, them and the offensive line, uh, I would think that Belichick values that and they try to find a get, a, a, get, a, get a way to get a deal done here with him. One thing that struck me and, and some folks around the league as odd during the time that chatter was happening regarding a possible Gilmore trade, all of a sudden he's got this knee injury out of the blue, which pulled the plug on any trade talk. And I know there was some speculation by executives with other teams, that there was just something weird there. There was a uh. weird dynamic that maybe Gilmore wanted to to stick at the bill a little bit and keep him from trading him, uh, and uh, that's where that knee injury came from. So if there is any truth to the idea that they're willing to keep him around, the Patriots should be what to extend him? Oh, anxious, I, I, excited, or wary? I, I think I think you know happy to extend him. I, I do. Now you know, of course, hey, price tags going to be involved in that conversation. You know, he's going to look at it like what I'm looking up right now. Yeah, he's $13 million a year. He's going to look at some of the people in front of him and go, wait, there's no way that guy's better than me. I should be making more money. So that's going to be part of the, this conversation. But uh, I think with, you know, the scheme fit and the quality of the player is just too great, I think, for for the Patriots to let him, to let him go. Uh, I, I do. So uh, I expect some sort of two-, three-year deal uh, that makes sense for both sides. Another angle that the Patriots need to be considering is they give away a bunch of money to players who have never played for them before. You can't ignore the guys who have been part of it, who have been there. You want to reward the guys who have formed part of your structure. Yeah, sure. has been great. You start giving out all this money to strangers, That's that potentially disrupts things internally, and, and maybe it is time for a reward for Stephon Gilmore. We'll see if that happens. Patriots also one of the teams that we're all watching as a possible destination for Jimmy Garoppolo. A former Patriots tight end who now is one of the hosts of the WEEI Morning Show had some thoughts yesterday that may cause some to wonder whether or not the Patriots really do want to reunite with Jimmy Garoppolo. We'll talk about that next here on Pro Football Talk Live. Dear listener, Please close your eyes for this movie theater meditation brought to you by Fandango. Breathe in. Smell the fresh popcorn. Now exhale. <sighs> Open your eyes and proceed to the best seats in the house you reserved on Fandango. Recline. Now download the free Fandango app for movie times, tickets, and seats at your favorite theaters. Fandango. It's your ticket to the movies. Streaming now only on Peacock. Five rich and famous international soccer stars. They have everything except love. I think girls in the past have gone for me because of what I've got. That's why we're going undercover. We're setting them up with single American women. They don't know we are famous. They don't know we are rich. And they'll have to hide their true identity. What do you need for work? I'm an ad salesman. (laughs) Oh, God. What am I doing? Love Undercover. New series streaming now only on Peacock. The Premier League is built on hope. The hope of discovering a new star. It doesn't take long, but Darwin Nunez to make an impression. The hope of rewriting history. And the hope of continuing a dynasty. Unstoppable week after week. This is the Premier League on NBC, USA and Peacock. And let me tell you something, my sources here tell tell me, and I ain't really want to say this, but they used to look at Jimmy G a little sideways. 
like he was kind of a little bit Mr. Glass. And I'm not talking about the Sam Jackson character. Right. Where Whoa. they where they were like, can't really depend on him. Can't who, stay on the who, field. Who are we talking about here? I ain't going to say no names. Players, players or coaches? How but, about, uh, how about, a, but they, but let's how about just, initials? Just, let's just say they were between the lines. They were between the lines. Yeah. People that are still here are now gone. Oh, let's just say they were between the lines. They were between the lines. Why don't yes. you do a report? Where, where yes. were they? Who was it? Between the lines. So they, his teammates thought he was soft. Right, let's just, let me, I'm not saying who. I'm just saying between the lines. Between they looked, the lines. They, they looked at him a little soft. bit like, mm, can we really count on this dude? That's Jermaine Wiggins, part of the Greg Hill Show on WEEI, talking about Patriots players, presumably, since they are the ones between the lines, who had concerns about the reliability of Jimmy Garoppolo. This narrative of him not being available isn't new, Chris. 2006, four-game suspension for Tom Brady for Deflategate. Jimmy Garoppolo's audition for the NFL. What happens? He gets injured in the second game with a shoulder problem. Jacoby Brissett gets a chance to audition for the remaining two games of the four-game suspension. So I'm not shocked by this. No. And it makes you wonder... Is there a sense of of caution as it relates to the possibility of bringing back Jimmy Garoppolo? And I, I, I they got Cam Newton. I, I, to me, I don't see it. I know people like Tom yeah. Curran think it's possible, but stories like that make me think it's less possible. Yeah, I mean, I'm not like I don't think it's totally out of like crazyville. I think there may be still a possibility, but I'm with you. I, I think it's like less likely to happen than than more likely to happen, and. I think that was a real thing to what Jermaine Wiggins was talking about, you know, as far as the, the perception of Jimmy G in New England. I think there was real disappointment, you know, at the time in one, let's see, so it was that second game against the Dolphins. He gets hurt in the first half of the game. He's playing really well. You know, week three, they play the Buffalo Bills, and that's where they did some of the Wildcat Jacoby Brissett. I think there was thought that he could still play in that game. And then... The week after that, the fourth game, which he didn't play, I think there was a lot of guys that thought, wait, he could play and do this and whatever else. And there, I think there was a little disappointment throughout the organization that that didn't happen. So, hey, when you have stuff like that, you know, and, of course, all the things that have gone on on the field and him being injured and all the time he's missed, listen, perception becomes a reality. And in this, fact, in this case, it's not perception. The reality is the reality on this one. And you do have to worry about this with Jimmy Garoppolo as your starting quarterback. you got to have a good backup because you just can't trust him to stay healthy for the whole year. We drafted yesterday the potential destinations for Jimmy Garoppolo, but I think any team out there that would be considering him yeah. has to factor that into their assessment because if you do trade for Jimmy Garoppolo or sign him in the event that he would be cut, although I think a trade is more likely with a reworked contract, and he gets injured – what are they going to hear from us and everyone else? Yeah, right. Why did you trust this guy as your starter? He's right. missed 23 of 48 games over the past three years. You knew or should have known that the guy has a propensity to not be available. Yeah, agreed. It, it, to me, it has to come with the territory with him. You know, yeah, okay, we got Jimmy G. He's going to be our starter. All right, well, we better have a guy that we know we can depend on to be the backup. There's nothing. And again, he can, he can write this ship. And hopefully he goes on a run here where he doesn't get hurt for seven, eight years in a row. But right now, yes, there's no way I would have him on my team without the first thought of going, wait, he's here. Who else are we going to have behind him? Because the chances are that he is going to miss a game or two during the football season. And, you know, I, I get pushback from people sometimes. Why do you hate Jimmy Garoppolo? I, I, don't, I don't hate him. I don't know him. I don't have an opinion about him personally. All I know is the guy's gotten paid a ton of money. And one of the things you get paid for as a professional athlete is to be available. And if you consistently aren't available at a time when you have made, and I'm, I'm doing the rough math here, let's just say a crap load of money yeah. over the past three seasons, there's a point where tough questions are going to be asked because there are plenty of other guys out there, even at the quarterback position nowadays, plenty of guys who are capable of doing the job and not doing something stupid like lowering a shoulder at the sideline and blowing out your ACL. That For me, that was the moment. And that's why I, I wonder what Kyle thought or said when he realized what Jimmy Garoppolo has done. When when I saw that and realized that that that, that kind of stupid in-the-moment inability to control that basic tough guy 
instinct, mindset, whatever. Yeah, it was... and it and it tears his ACL. I mean, I've criticized other guys for doing that. Don't, why are you delivering a blow at the sideline? Get your ass out of bounds and live to see another play. You owe that to the team that's paying you all that money and your teammates to be available. That to me was when I said, "This guy, I I, I got doubts about this guy. They're never going to go away because he's the only." Well, I mean, others have done things that stupid. He's the only one to tear an ACL doing something that stupid. Yeah, well, it's it's just uh, a, you know, a little other feed- than Bill Gramatica, who tore an ACL celebrating, jumping and up there was in the another guy, another guy tore an ACL celebrating. Other than that. Other than that, this is the stupidest thing I've seen. Well, it just goes into the category of like meatheadedness, right? I mean, that's really where it goes into, and 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 I think that's you know something that uh, at times I think you and I have joked about over the years. So that's where he comes off a uh, comes off a little bit as different, maybe to other quarterbacks in the NFL that way. You know, maybe not necessarily always the most cerebral in the way he talks in front of the podium and and all of that. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it's it, it's it's a concern. It really is. There's talent there, as we know. He can do a lot of good things on the field. He's in, you know, unflappable in a lot of ways too. He always has the same demeanor. So all those things you're gonna like about him playing quarterback. You know, in the pocket, he's pretty good. He can change his arm and do things like that. Get the ball out of his hand in a hurry. But it's the great risk of Jimmy Garoppolo, and that's where it's gonna be really interesting to see who trades for him, you know, and and what they do give up for him if that all comes about and the 49ers finally do offer him out there. And then, of course, what they do with the rest of their quarterback room to support him for the in-case situation that we're talking about. So with a meat-headedness rating of 98 in Madden, Jimmy Garoppolo would be a perfect candidate to be a quarterback for the Detroit Lions, frankly, to tie it back to something we talked about earlier. And speaking of meat-headedness, with WWE now on Peacock and WrestleMania approaching. Oh, here we go. The NFL players who would make the best wrestling stars, heroes and heels. We'll do that next on PFT Live. Off the top ropes. WrestleMania on Peacock, streaming live Saturday, April 10, and Sunday, April 11. All the past WrestleManias on there as well. I was watching the original WrestleMania from 1984. Main event featuring a tag team of Hulk Hogan and Mr. T with Billy Martin wow. as the guest ring announcer, wow. Liberace as the guy who rang the bell, and Muhammad Ali as the outside-the-ring referee. They had an inside-the-ring referee. They had an outside-the-ring referee, and it was Muhammad freaking Ali in the original WrestleMania from 84. That tells you what kind of show it was. I mean, man, paying the heavyweight champ there, that kind of money to referee the outside part of the ring. It was such a big deal at that, like, you know, when I was maybe a little older, that five, six, seven years old when I started to realize what it was, and really with Hulkamania, you know, Hulkamania and Andre the Giant, you know, those are the two first, like, oh, wow, this is cool. Look at these big suckers running around the ring doing all this. Uh, that's kind of what grabbed my attention for a little while, a little while. Then I grew up. <laughs> <laughs> Andre the Giant was on that same card, on the undercard. He he body slammed 365-pound Big John Stud in a match that if Andre the Giant had lost, he would have retired, so we would have been robbed of the great WrestleMania three main event between Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant, during which Hulk Hogan actually picks up the Giant and body slams him. And I think Hogan like really injured himself in the process, which would make sense. Well, the guy's course. 550 pounds. That's right. All right. Today's draft, NFL players who would make the best wrestling stars. A little WWE crossover, Chris. I'll give you the first pick. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm cheating on this one, too, just so you know. I'm cheating. It's it's creativity Why? time. I because I'm going with a tag team duo right off the bat. Screw Go you. Go ahead. That's what Go I'm ahead. doing. I don't care. They called the Brown Brothers, the Brown Towers, whatever you want to call them. Trent Brown, Orlando Brown Jr. I want size with my wrestling. I want pure intimidation. When the music starts and WWE time comes and they walk out of that tunnel onto that black ramp, I want the two biggest humans on earth. Okay to come out. And that's where I go. Trent Brown, Orlando Brown Jr. Thank you. 
you know, I mean, they can literally like the guys, whoever they're playing, they are, are fighting against. They can just go, well, we can beat you to oblivion and, and smother you, or we could eat you. Anything you want, we could do. We're gigantic. I mean, that's like almost 700 pounds of man right there. I mean, I just don't know if a tag team duo could be beat like that. Here's the question. Are they good guys or are they heels? Oh, I think they got to. I think they're bad guys. I think we got to we got to be they got to be mean bad guys. Trent Brown, he's a jerk and doesn't want to play for anybody but the New England Patriots. And Orlando Brown Jr. is he's a left tackle. Trade me Baltimore. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you, I, you left the most obvious guy on the board. I can't ignore the guy who already has held I one know. of the WWE belts. Gronk. How can it not be Gronk? He I was know. the 24-7 champion, which I didn't even know was a thing. Apparently, if you're the 24-7 champion, anytime a camera is around, if someone pins you, you lose the belt anywhere you may be. He held it for a while. I think he was pinned in his backyard or something like that. But Gronk, that, that just seems to be where he's destined to go whenever this unretirement from football ends. Well, well, I agreed. I mean, agreed. He fits right, you know, in the mold. Definitely. I mean, and we know he likes taking his shirt off and dancing and doing all that in front of people anyways. Uh, so I, I don't disagree with that. I'll just go with a guy that I think, you know, is more in the prime that way. Another tight end, George Kittle. I think he's probably the second most obvious guy in the whole NFL. As far as that's concerned, you know, just his attitude. He acts like a wrestler. I mean, when we see him all the time, that that's who he is. So he has the energy, the showmanships, the the craziness about him to for for me all the way. So George Kittle is where I'll go there. I tell you, Kittle was on my list. He's got that energy. He would be awesome. But but how have we gotten this deep into the draft without J.J. Watt and or the Watt brothers. <laughs> Forget about tag team. Yes, I Let's know. go three. J.J., T.J., D.J. Get them all out there. I know he prefers Derek to D.J., but we'll call him D.J. They're the Watt trio. And and I could see J.J. like he would be the superstar, the hero, and then at the right moment he takes a turn to heal and and becomes anti-American. Oh, and never. Gets everybody never. riled up. He would never do and that. Enough for <laughs> enough money. It's all acting. And then you turn back the other way. You have your redemption. You were brainwashed. So uh, the Watts, the Watt trio okay. would, would take over the wrestling world. I, I, I like that. I like that because I'm going back to a tag team duo too here. I'm going with the Bosa brothers. All right. The Bosa brothers. To me, I mean... I they I could just picture them have like either tied up like you know the ultimate warrior with like strings on their arms and guns and veins popping out you know and I could also picture them both being like oh yeah putting the ear out there doing all that who do you think wins tag team comp between the Bosa brothers and let's take Derek Watt out of that and TJ Watt and JJ Ooh. Watt ooh baby that would be ooh. a good one. Yeah, I, I uh, oh boy, I know. Um, well, whoever the writers decide would win. That would be who would win, right? <laughs> that, yes, whoever the writers, right? Yes, you're what, right. whatever, whatever, whatever script works out better for that night, that's who would win it. Last one for me, and th this is more manager because that's one thing about. I don't know. I haven't watched it much lately, but back in the eighties, that was the golden age of. The managers, classy Freddie Blassie, yeah. Bobby the Brain, oh my God. Heenan, the 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 little guy with the mullet and the glasses, the skinny guy, uh, Jimmy something. Oh, I can't that remember used to be with the Million name. Dollar Man, that guy. Yeah, he was, he yeah, was with him. Uh, yeah, right. It was it Jimmy Hart. I don't know. I Jimmy think it something. Was. Yeah, Jimmy's getting upset. But anyway, I got to go. Rex and Rob Ryan. Right. They'd be the Lou Albanos of today. And there's two of them. And you could just see that one of them would sneak a chair to the other one and he'd get up on the apron and he'd and he'd slap someone with the chair or Definitely. like he would try to hit somebody else. And Definitely. Rex would punch Rob and Rob would do a face plant. So the Ryan twins as the managers for one of these other tag team combination oh i could see that for sure rex rex talking to the referee while rob goes that back behind his back and you know like you said gets the tree or or gets the chair or the table and smashes it on somebody uh yeah i mean you 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 went down this wrestling wormhole you know last night you know on text you sent us some text messages and stuff so you're all in on the wwe baby
Uh, let me just say this. Let me say this. For anyone out there who is inclined to complain in any way, shape, or form about the quality of NFL officiating, the referees in the WWE are among the most incompetent, <laughs> intentionally incompetent, that you could ever imagine. Uh, missing all sorts of cheating, foreign objects, canes, chairs, oh, they never anything and everything goes. Never. As soon as their back conveniently turns, right. all hell breaks loose. All right, let's take a break. We'll wrap up this Tuesday edition of PFT Live right after this. What was it like being around him the day up in Clemson where it looked like you were trying to uh, uh, set an NFL record for coach standing closest to a quarterback at a pro day? <laughs> it was great. We unfortunately weren't allowed to talk to him or, you know, I, I was as close as I could. Like, I'm that way at practice, though. I, I like to be near a quarterback. I like to hear him talk. I like to hear the ball come out of his hand. I like to hear... Um, Do you really? I, I saw you said that. You really can tell something by hearing the ball come out of a quarterback's hand. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. The violence that it, uh, the, the snap that the ball comes out, uh, the the grunt or the, the the effort with you know some guys throw a ball effortless and some people have to really rear back and throw it. Oh, absolutely. How come down here, it, Peter? Someday I'll have you stand there and let you. Hey, let me listen. I'll, I'll have an average guy throw one, and then I'll have him throw it. <laughs> you tell me if you can hear it. All right, I'll do that. I'll definitely do that. Supporting Conspiracy Mike's theory that Urban Meyer deliberately avoided the BYU Pro Day because he didn't want to witness with his ears and his eyes the violence with which the ball emerged from Zach Wilson's hands so he doesn't undermine his resolve that Trevor Lawrence is the answer to all the problems in Jacksonville, Chris. I mean, why wouldn't you go? Why yeah. wouldn't you go? Yeah. Why don't I mean? Look, Shanahan's going to go see Justin Fields, Trey Lance, and Mac Jones. How could you be so locked into one guy that you won't just go out of curiosity? It's not that long of a flight. I'm sure they got the the Shad Khan jet. Yeah. Right? No, I Read know. Read a book, watch some film, take the flight to Provo, and go see for yourself what what all this buzz is about. I, exactly. I, I I mean, listen, Mike. That's what I would have done. Nonetheless, it's just to evaluate a guy that plays, uh, you know, a really important position in the league. There's no doubt they sent somebody there. But I think, Mike, you've said it. I think that's the truth of it. They're going with Trevor Lawrence. That's all there is to it. That's why he's there. You know, and, uh, you know, again, hey, the special ones, you can hear the ball pop out of their hand to do that. But, hey, Mike, hey, forget about it. There okay? we go. Just worry about hey, the ringside security. That's it. See you tomorrow. See ya.